the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and Right Radio on AM 560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. You know, I coming in, I, Dr. David Kawaba, Doug, I was listening to him on the drive-in, and uh, he knows how to get you in tears. <laughs> I don't like Dr. David Kobaba, but I love him. Uh, he had a really good, there was a part of a segment that came on, and this lady was just like basically saying, you know, all's going to be well. I know it's tough right now, but you're going to make it through this. I mean, like only David, Dr. David Kobaba can do. Guys, if you guys are missing Dr. David Kobaba right before, two hours before this show, you are missing a treat. Tune into that guy, the Health Quest Radio. He is, oh, I was just, just my heart. I'm full right now, you know. I was crying, crying. You know, I, I, I expose myself a lot, so I... I was crying, crying and everything on my way here driving a in the car. Softy. I'm a little softy. Uh but I'm 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 so excited about um our this I gotta come up with a nickname. And I think I have one for you. I think I have one for you. I think I have one for you. This guy, uh he's a trusted advisor and close confidant to some of the highest profile political and business leaders in America. I'm talking about two two presidential Possibly quite three presidential administrations. Um, he's the guy who's responsible for getting the former governor of Illinois, Rob Bogoyevich, uh, out of jail and having the sentence commuted. And one of our guests we're going to have on today, you also was in- instrumental, uh, Roger Stone, uh, getting him out. I want to introduce you guys. He's been on the show before on the boat cruise. Mark. The General Vargas. <laughs> the General. <laughs> I like it, man. Yes. It's got a nice ring to it. Yes. Welcome back to Black and Right. Well, thanks for mu- thanks so much for having me. It's nice to join you here in studio. So I like that. The General. Yeah. I'm known as the Mystery Man, but yeah. I think gen- I General Mystery Man. Why can't we put them together? The General, Mark, the General Mystery Man Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. I so, like it. I mean, Mark, I mean, you've been, I've known you. Since I think it was 2009, Scott Scott Greider from Kendall County introduced us. I think we were Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman. I think we were either in Chicago or, we, or you came out to Kendall County for something. I, I was know. running for Congress. Yes, and you came out to Kendall County, and that's when Scott Greider introduced us, introduced me to you. What's who is Mark Vargas? Then now, initially, you were known as the international mystery man of 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 all things Donald Trump. But who is who is Mark Vargas? Well, you know I'm. I'm a local boy, born and raised in St. Charles, went to j- college at Judson University in Elgin. and uh, Judson? Judson <laughs> University. Now, you know what I have to say? It, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the Judson community. They had a tragedy oh. 
several days ago, there was a car accident involving four students. Two oh. passed away. Oh, no. One, one was in surgery yesterday. Another survived. And so this is a, a horrific time for, for the Judson community. And so, again, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family and to the yeah. entire community. It's, it's been a rough day. I was on campus yesterday. But, oh, my. But here I was at Judson and, um, and decided to go to Washington. And so I spent, spent 12 years in D.C. and uh, served under Bush and Obama administrations, 43 and 44, working mm-hmm. for the Secretary of Defense. Nice. Uh, deployed to Baghdad 14 times in combat as a civilian between 07 and 10. So that was a wild experience. We could dedicate a whole show just, just on, on that, that. Just on I that. I can only imagine what your eyes and ears saw and heard while you were in route and there. In you know. route and there, I mean, swam in Saddam Hussein's swimming pool, watched <laughs> movies in his home theater. I mean, it was a very <laughs> surreal experience. Yeah. And now I've been involved in consulting and government affairs, and now I've got this new niche about pardons and commutations. How did you get involved of, in that? How did that happen? How did that even, how did that even come to be? For, for commutations? Just period. Yeah. How did you? Yeah. Well, I, think, I think I'm to change my greetings to uh, greetings and commutations <laughs> instead of salutations. Salutations. You know, Aaron Del Mar, that's, that's how. Greetings and salutations, that's how he meets everybody. That's right. I don't know if you know Aaron Del Mar. I know of him. I know of him. Crazy guy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just reached out to Patty blindly. Uh, I thought it was outrageous that his sentence was 14 years and the Supreme Court failed to take it up. Yeah. And so I, I engineered the whole campaign and said it's going to take a Republican yes. uh, with Chicago roots who can get direct access to the President of the United States to make this happen. And two years later... I'm on a plane to Denver to pick up the former governor wow. and bring him home. What was that like? I mean, we, Rogers gets soon to be calling in, but what was that like? Picking him up, it was it was wild. In fact, I flew to Denver, and when I turned my phone back on, I had nearly 500 messages from the press, text messages, what, and emails from all over the world. Wow. And there were helicopters hovering above uh, the skies there in Denver. Yeah, uh, we picked them up, and actually, they were. The, the press were out the wrong entrance. So no one caught the first glimpse of the former governor walking out of prison as a free man. Wow. All the, There were about a dozen reporters, and they were all zeroed in on the entrance when he went in eight years ago. But the outprocessing is in a separate building on the other side of the campus. Had, had they had press set up at your house or anything like that? Did they find out quickly how where you lived? And The next day. Yeah. The next day, yeah. That and, had to be. And there were helicopters following us from O'Hare Airport back to I did see house. that. I did see that. I, I was watching the news as, as he was leaving in the helicopters. And then we probably had 100 different press at the press conference the following day. Wow. And then we both did you know, a bunch of media appearances. Wall Street Journal did an, an exclusive with me. So it was just a total blur. Yeah, I, I still say that um, he got a raw deal. I, I You know, you and I have talked about this. I, I still think um, the good... Former governor got a raw deal with that whole exercise, and I think they were trying to make an example out of him, and um, they did. And I'm 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 glad he's out because, you know, you could tell he's a changed man too. You know, if you if if anybody was to sit down with him and have a conversation with him, because I remember when he was a politician, you know, he would kind of look over you. I mean, he he he'd look at you, but he kind of look over you. Now, when you have a conversation with him, because I've met him prior to, um, um, when he was congressman. Mm-hmm. Um, through Safer Foundation. And he kind of, but now you sit and have a conversation, he looks you right in the eye, and you're, you're, he, you're, you're, right now, when he speaks to you, 
That's all he cares about, having that conversation with you. So, I mean, those little small things matter to me. I don't know about you. Well, and you got to spend, but you and your wife got to spend some time up at my apartment yeah. with uh, yes. with Rod. Yes. On, was it election a debate? Night. Was it election night? Election night. Yeah, it was election night. Yeah. 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 We hosted a small little get together, and you were there, and yeah. So he was, uh, you know, it was nice, to, nice to have him up there in the apartment. For and, sure. I, and I'm, I'm sure he was like, "Could this guy stop?" Because I, I had like a million questions. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a million questions for the former governor, and oh, I can't say that, Doug. <laughs> Read that. Don't, don't repeat it though. <laughs> That's what Doug said. Your name should be. Yeah, I don't think I should do that. We, we may not want to say that, Doug. I may not have a show. <laughs> um. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, I, the thing I love, I, it's like, Mark, well, one of the things I I, um, I really admire about you is that tenacity you have to go after what you're going for. You know, you don't stop. Um, you, I mean, not only um, Blago, Roger Stone, somebody that you helped fight for, not just to get a commutation initially, but a partner. How was that experience? Well, that was a wild experience. You know, I just watched, and he'll be dialing in here in a little while, okay. and we're excited to have him as a, as a guest on your show. Has he been on your show before? No. No, this, this is... I told you I met him in CPAC, and I said, hey, gave me my card. You got to come on my show. I said, hey, Mark Vargas is trying. He's like, I'll get a, I'll get a hold of Mark. <laughs> we'll get on your show. So this is his maiden voyage <laughs> yeah, on yeah. black and right. That's right. You know, I had watched several times, Give Me Roger Stone on Netflix. Fascinating, yeah, yeah. fascinating documentary. And a mutual friend of ours had reached out to me in early June and said, can... can um, can uh, you take a call from Roger? And I said, of course. Wow. And so Roger said, you know, I'm a big fan of Governor Blagojevich and I, what you, what had happened and what you helped orchestrate was a miracle. And I'm wondering if you can help me because I'm going to be going to prison here shortly. Wow. And, uh, you know, went from get me Roger Stone now to get me Mark Vargas. <laughs> the, well, and I was happy to I do it. I won't say what he put up there. <laughs> so, I was happy to do it. And, and I thought Roger was treated really unfairly. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I felt like the president should have um, commuted or pardoned every, even even Cohen. I'm, I'm as much as slimy as he got towards the end. Even Cohen, anybody that was involved in that Russia collusion thing, everybody should have just he should have just outright um, pardoned everybody because and it was I, a witch hunt. And I think he's on the line now. Oh, he's on the line. He must be calling the wrong number. <laughs> well, we'll see. But but yeah, he's calling. I see Doug on the phone with him. Um, but, you know, I, it, it still amazes me how um, Americans sat back and believed all that garbage that was coming out from um, congressmen and those things like that. It, 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 it still just blows my mind. But, you know, when we come back from break, we'll be live with Roger Stone. I cannot wait. I got Mark Vargas in the studio, the general mystery man <laughs> in studio with me. It's going to be a, a, a great show today, guys. Uh, we got Roger Stone. We got Andrew Giuliani coming up. Uh, and Bernie before, Carrick. Bernie Carrick. Uh, don't go anywhere. You're going to miss anything. Big You're going to miss everything if you go. We'll be right back. <laughs> we now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the general, Mark Vargas. I'm excited. And we have an exciting guest coming up, Roger Stone, my very dear friend, Roger Stone, joining us from Tampa. Roger, how are you? 
excitement. I just spoke to a uh, rally of, uh, I don't know, about a thousand people in Bradenton uh, with uh, that great American patriot, General Michael Flynn. Nice. Amazing turnout. Uh, man, I could feel the love. It was just great. Well, there's a lot of love out there. And I was with you last weekend in Tampa. Roger, you know, the, the we'd like to say the Department of Injustice <laughs> went after you the first time. This Russia collusion hoax, they couldn't get you the first time. They went after you a second time trying to link you to the illegal acts that occurred when the Capitol was stormed on January 6th. They couldn't, they couldn't link you to that. And now they're trying a third time. Roger, can you explain to our, our listeners here uh, what happened, what unfolded late Friday night, last Friday night in Tampa, while you were in Tampa? Yeah, it was really amazing, Mark. You were with me, my favorite Hungarian-American. <laughs> it's a running joke we have going between Mark and I. Uh, and uh, I was about to go into uh, a, an event for, uh, uh, for what they call Trump Rilla was a three-day celebration of American patriots in Tampa. And I got a call from my attorney. He told me that the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department, had broken off months of negotiations over an outstanding tax debt that I've had since 2007. Now, I have paid religiously for three years, paid that payments, uh, and they, of course, um, ended those negotiations and filed a civil suit against me uh, for two and a half million dollars. My original tax debt was only eight hundred thousand. Of that, I have paid eight hundred and ninety thousand. Wow! They will give me no relief on the penalties. They will give me no relief on the interest. Now, my own tax attorneys and my accountants reviewed their complaint, and they say it's the most miraculous thing they've ever seen. It is entirely incorrect on both the law and the facts. Yeah. So now I'm anxious to get to trial. And here's the best part, Mark. It has been assigned to a federal judge who was appointed by President Donald J. Trump. So <laughs> oh. perhaps I'll actually get a fair trial. Yeah. Because I sure didn't get one in Washington, D.C. That's for sure. Or, hey, Roger, this is John, host of the show. Uh, I'm, I, I met you over in, in CPAC, and uh, I, I, you had a lot of people around you, but I'm so thank you so much for stopping, taking my card, and um, actually coming on the show. I really appreciate having you here. Happy to be there. Were you there when I was dancing? I was. <laughs> you, you, you can I'm move. A, <laughs> I'm a better dancer than I am a speaker when you get right down to it. <laughs> so, 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 you know what? One of the, one of the, the signs of, that I look for is especially when when government and political leaders go after somebody, to me that's a that's a badge of honor. That means that you are you are a threat to um, their, their what their way of doing business. And I and I, I followed you for many years. Um, one of the things I and I'm I'm so glad that you are giving the fight to them. But I think one thing you can do is say, well, you guys are coming after me with this tax, but what about Al Sharpton? You guys have let him go for how many years? I think, uh, you know, it's ironic because uh, Reverend Sharpton and I are actually friends. Despite our vehement disagreement, I've known Al for almost 30 years. Yeah. He owes $8 million. Yes. I owed 800000 Yes. But Th they're not suing him. That's the distinction I'm trying to... I don't quite to... understand that. Yeah. But here's an even worse example. Hidden assets, millions in unpaid taxes, living secretly a lavish lifestyle. 
I think they have me confused with Hunter Biden. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Hey, um, um, Roger, I, I saw my good friend Mancow was with you the other day. What happened in Florida? I saw I saw a decimated place. Looked like somebody tried to uh, look like a, a a huge explosion or something that was going on down there in Florida. Uh, so I have a an office in the the uh, industrial section of Oakland Park, Florida. I use as my studio for broadcast and general work. And um, there was an unexplained explosion uh, in the building, you know, catty corner from my office. We still don't know what happened, but there was an enormous explosion. Uh, it took the Broward County Fire Department, you know, almost 12 hours to get it under control. The entire building was decimated. There was some speculation about a drone. There's still no official explanation of why this building exploded, but um, it, it, I heard it. It scared the hell out of me, closed the entire street down for 48 hours, turned the electricity off. We can only speculate, but uh, Mancow was there, and he got some incredible footage before yeah. the policemen and the firemen kind of shoot us away. It, it was devastation. It, it, was, it looked like Dresden after the end of the Second World War. It was unbelievable. Roger, you know, you've been just harassed for going on years now under um, with the Department of Justice. You know, it's it's tough for any human being to kind of go through go through this in general. But you've had to go through this in your your family and your wife, your wonderful wife. You've had to go through this publicly. Where do you find your strength to get up every day? I know that your faith has really been strengthened throughout this process, but it's just remarkable all the things that are thrown at you on a daily basis and you're still standing tall and ready to fight once again well look at i i reached a, a point several months before my trial in washington dc in which it came clear to me that the entire system was rigged yeah i had a biased judge i had a completely rigged jury uh the prosecutors were actively involved in a number of prosecutorial misconduct actions which will be the subject of a formal complaint eventually. Uh, but I realized that my situation was hopeless. And that's the point at which I had a revelation and I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I returned to my roots. I was uh, born and raised as a Roman Catholic. I had my communion, my, my confirmation, but I had fallen away. I admit it. I had, I had wandered far from the path of the Lord and, uh, I had uh, the good fortune to have many, many friends in the clergy or active Christians who had told me from the beginning that no one person can face this alone. You have to turn your future over to the Lord. You have to get right with Jesus. Yes. Confess your sins uh, and renew your Christianity. Wow. Uh, and uh, it is absolutely true that the moment that uh, that I confessed, I stood in a field uh, with a hundred others at a uh, revival being run by Frank uh, by Reverend Franklin Graham, who gave me the soundest possible advice. Uh, and once I, once I went to the Lord with my problems, it was as if the cement blocks on my Amen. on my on my shoulders had been had been had been removed. Yeah. I, I actually uh, got to the point where. Uh, I was at peace going into my trial. Hey, Roger. I was calm. Hey, Roger. And see, and, and this, is, this, this is one of the things, this is why I'm so glad you came on the show, because the media and other people can paint this caricature of who Roger Stone is. Um, 
but I'm listening to a man who who underst- who who has a contrite heart who understands that faith is everything. If you lose faith, uh, you can always be redeemed from it. What 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 about that message of redemption? Why is that so important? Well, look, I I I'm living proof that the Lord can do anything because by any objective anal- analysis, you know, I was subjected to a Soviet-style show trial. You were. There was nothing fair about my trial. And after the trial, we learned on November 3rd, 2020, by court order, Robert Mueller was forced through the Justice Department to release the last remaining redacted section of his final report in which he actually admitted that he could find no evidence whatsoever. Wow that I had any involvement with the Russians, WikiLeaks, or Julian Assange. Destroy Trump. Right. Judge Amy Berman Jackson withheld that information from me at trial. That's a serious problem. Yeah. Hey, That's unconstitutional. That's a violation of my rights. We have about 30 seconds left. I want to ask you two questions. When are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? And are you considering running for some congressional office or something? (laughs) You should. Uh, I have I have written five books. Yeah. My best book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, yeah. New York Times bestseller. Uh, but my next book is entitled Roger Stone Did Nothing Wrong, The Story of My Political Persecution and the Loss of the 2020 Election. Wow. Uh, and no I, no, I am not going to run for office, but I am going to find somebody to run in 2024. If my hero, President Donald Trump, decides not to run. Roger, when you when that book comes out, I want you to come back on the show. Roger Stone, uh, patriot, man of the people. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right today. Um, you're the man, and I appreciate you. Thank Delighted you, Roger. Delighted to be with you. God All bless right. you. You're listening to Black and Right on M560 Answer. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Mark, the General Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I like um, uh, Roger Stone because I think sometimes, you know, you see this, this media creation of people. And when you actually get out and, you know, sit down and talk with them, you see a totally different perspective of who they really are, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a good man. Yeah. He really is. and Yeah, he's... They create this, as you said earlier, this caricature of him yeah. in the press, this yeah. evil, egotistical, egotistical, evil villain. Yeah. Plotting. And, um, but he's know. a loving, he's a loving and caring husband and grandfather and father to a son and daughter. Yeah. He, he really is I was away from the camera as a good man. Yeah. I mean, what he, what he, what he, when he started talking about faith, because I mean, I know what it's like to walk away from faith and to come back to it. It's, I mean, that was. That was a message that I think, you know, sometimes, I mean, especially now, life is hard for a lot of people right now. You know, I don't know if I, you know, I told you, but I have a, I have this company I started called My Bill Angel. Where I help people who fall on a hard time pay their bills. I don't talk about it a lot that much anymore, but we're paying people. People are really, really hurting right now. They are. And, and, and to hear that message of faith, hope, redemption, I think so. I think that's a message that I try to bring here sometimes. Because I think people really need to hear that, you know. So I, I thank you for taking it down that road. <laughs> well, that, I, I was going to go, so what about Trump? <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I knew that. And yeah. I wanted, thanks for giving me this platform yeah. to give the, the the listeners and the audience a different perspective on who Roger Stone yeah. really is as a person. Roger the man, 
versus Roger the the political spinster. Yeah, yeah, and and, and he's been he's been around a long time, so long he knows time. the game. And, and he's got so many friends on the left and the right. Yeah, he's not just a partisan guy on the right. Well, he's, he just said it. He's got great relationships. He's, he's very close with Al Sharpton. Yeah. yeah, he has been for years. Yeah, but I, I love how. You know, the Sharpton doesn't come to his defense when he needs somebody to come to his defense. <laughs> you know, I mean, even, even Al Sharpton. Sharpton know, knows the real Trump. You know, he knows Trump's not racist. You know, towards the end, in, in the beginning, he really wouldn't come out about it. Towards the end, he started flipping off at the mouth, you know, basically trying to say that Trump has some racial tendencies, allegedly. Um, but come on. Everybody wanted to be Trump. Even Barack Obama. That's right. <laughs> you know? Everybody wanted to be him because because the, the lavish lifestyle he lived, you know, the billionaire status that he he has, and and you know, I think that's why uh, uh, Roger gravitated towards uh, uh, somebody like President Trump. Well, and if you think about it, it's true is his line that he said, "Living a lavish lifestyle, you know, hiding assets, yeah. owing millions of taxes." They must have me confused with <laughs> Hunter Biden. That's one hundred percent true. All you have to do is just a comparison. Put it on a whiteboard, Hunter Biden. Roger Stone, and look at how yeah. differently they're being treated. Yeah, yes. Not just in the public. Yes. Not just by the press, but by our own Justice Department. Yes. I mean, I mean, very look at, differently. Look at how they did Carter Page. I mean, think about this. You, you, you. Did you? Well, I guess you see a lot of it in the movies. But did you ever think we would see it openly? How a Justice Department can come down on people? Did you? Did you ever think you would see something like this? No, I didn't. I didn't believe it until I started digging into the Blagojevich case. Yeah. And I said, this is outrageous. Yeah. And then I started digging into other cases. And then I began, and I can't say I've looked at hundreds of cases, but I've probably looked at 50 or 60 different cases. Yeah. Same pattern. Wow. And this doesn't matter whether you're high profile, like a Rod Blagojevich or a Roger Stone, right. low profile or no profile at all. Yeah. There's, there's thousands of men and women, predominantly black and Hispanic, yeah. that are sitting in state prisons and federal prisons mm-hmm. today that have gotten the short end of the stick by a corrupt Justice Department. Now, not saying everyone is corrupt inside the Justice Department. Right. Not every FBI agent is corrupt, but there are some bad apples. Uh, and um, and that's one of the reasons. Tragic. That's one of the reasons why. Um, you know, you know my background being police. One of the reasons why I got really heavy behind criminal justice reform um, when I was a state legislator, because I realized that that does happen. I worked at Safer Foundation prior to becoming a cop where they help ex-offenders, current offenders um, get their lives back together. I did that for six years prior to becoming a cop. So I saw, and, and where I grew up from, from Cabrini Green, south side of Chicago. So I lived it growing up, worked in it in Safer Foundation, and then became a cop. So I get it from a different, a very different and unique perspective. That's why when I hear all these people calling me Coons and Uncle Tom, it's like, you don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I, how I've been able to help people. You know, I, TikTok. I blew. I think I blew up TikTok over the weekend. <laughs> Let's hear about it. I, I was just posting because you know one of the one of the themes of my show. What I what, what I really want to do is to reveal the hypocrisy in race, politics, and culture. Uh, because I think I think in order for us to really have a conversation about the issues of the day, we got to get beyond these memes and these gifs. What is gifs or gifs? Gifs. GIFs, we gotta know, get we gotta get beyond those things, and have a real conversation about the concrete issues. Like this, Makia. I know we're going to break. But like this, Makia Bryant. If you can't say that that officer saved a life, and you want to focus in on 
him shooting and killing this young lady who I, I'm gonna play the audio when we come back. If if, if Andrew, I'm gonna play that audio. You hear you hear the words she says right before she throws her hands up. What was the officer to do? He, he had a duty to defend life. That's right, a duty to defend life. You listening to Black and White on AM five sixty answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Mark the General Vargas. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with, we're getting a lot of texts and calls about Mark the Vargas, Mark the General Vargas. People are liking the nickname, huh? They'd like it. I mean, even <laughs> my dad just sent me a text. Listening, General. <laughs> so I give everybody a nickname that comes into the studio. Everybody has to have a nickname. That's my Trumpyism. <laughs> I like it, man. You know, one of the th- but one of the things I did want to talk to um, uh, Roger about was you see a lot of people talking about getting rid of Trumpism. You want to get rid of seventy four million people. Who vote. Because when you say that, although you're trying to say you want to get rid of Trump, you're saying you want to get rid of the people who supported Trump, the voters. Mark, as a strategist, you, I mean, would, would you would you would you tell somebody, anybody that's running for office, would you tell them to get out there and push back against Trump? No. And one of the issues that we were just talking about before the commercial break was criminal justice reform. Yeah. Donald Trump has done more for blacks and Hispanics in America than any president in modern history. And you point back to the bipartisan, not just Republican support, but the bipartisan support for criminal justice reform to overturn a racist and very broken criminal justice system. And this was led by a man that everyone says is a racist, Donald J. Trump. Yeah. I just, I never get or understand just how people have come to that, that point of saying that he, 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 he's a very racist guy. You know, I'm looking across America, and we're going to talk more with that with um, former New York. they superintendents up there, right? Or Police commissioner. Police commissioner, Bernie Carrick, when he comes on a line in the second second hour. But I've I'm, I'm, I just been sitting. I've been trying, trying to take deep breaths because I'm looking at the Toledo shooting. Uh, what was the officer to do? I'm looking at the Makia Bryant shooting. What is the officer to do? Uh, you know, it's like. What, what, what did you want him to do? You wanted him to go and wait for her to stab the girl, kill her, and then you shoot. And then you shoot the girl from, for stabbing because she turns towards you. Then you're going to say, you, then you're going to say you have two people that you shot and killed. You know? All right. We've got a very special guest on the line. Um, my new friend, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, thanks for joining us here on AM560, The Answer in Chicago. How are you, my friend? Oh, great great to talk to you, sir. I was a couple of minutes late calling in right there. was finishing something up over here, but I wanted to definitely spend a little of my Saturday afternoon with you. I know you're doing <laughs> such a great job over there. It was, I think we've met now about two months ago. It feels like it's been 20 years. So. You're, you're right, and I can't wait to see you again soon, my friend. But, Andrew, you know, I'm hearing all this chatter, and I wanted to... <laughs> wanted to hear this directly from you about uh, a potential gubernatorial run, Uh-oh. and I'm and I'm also <laughs> hearing that uh, you're going to be going down to Palm Beach. Can you can you tell us uh, what might be on your agenda during that trip and who you might be meeting with? <laughs> well, look, I am certainly considering it. I'll, I will have an answer in the next couple of weeks. 
whether we get in or not. But, you know, I'm, look, I, I'm a concerned New Yorker. Unfortunately, there are two states over the last 10 years that are going to lose population. I'm not talking about seats in Congress. There are two states, and it's your state and my state, Illinois and New York. That's right. People yeah. are leaving, and they're leaving in droves, yeah. and uh, they're going to Florida. They're going to Texas. They're going to Tennessee. They're going to places that are actually pro-business that are actually welcoming and trying to create jobs and trying to think dynamically. Um, that unfortunately, New York has become a, a, a government, a bloated government, uh, you know, bureaucracy, and, uh, and we need to change that. So uh, I think there's a unique opportunity here in 2022 to do that, to take out Andrew Cuomo and, and the one-party rule in Albany. Um, so, so certainly seriously considering it, and we'll, we'll know in a couple of weeks. What kind of factors? You're just meeting with donors, potential donors. What's that process like for those that aren't familiar with it? What are you kind of thinking through as you kind of decide whether or not this is something it's, as you know, politics is brutal. Uh, You're attacked. Your family is attacked. uh, There's a lot at stake here. Are you sure you want to try and put yourself through that, my friend? Well, I've kind of lived through it. You know, I I jokingly say that I hate career politicians, (laughs) but I'm even worse because I was literally a politician out of the womb. I try to get in the shower and wash the filth off and it never comes off. (laughs) So so I've certainly lived in this arena. And this is something that I've spent literally parts of five decades in politics and in in public service. And I must say, it, it certainly is vitriolic. But when you end up when you can actually create great public policy and are at the right place at the right time, there's nothing that's, that's more rewarding than that. And, and that's what we saw in New York City in the 90s. You know, I'm very, very proud of my father's accomplishments in New York City. Just go to Times Square now and take a look uh, 40 years ago at pictures, and you'll see a very, very big difference. So uh, I, I think, like I said, there's nothing more rewarding than putting a team together that can truly, truly help change a city, help change a state, help change a country the way that President Trump was, was certainly doing. Uh, unfortunately, we're starting to see that, that turn back now. But, uh, but it would not surprise me if the 45th president is also the 47th president. Come on. Come on. Will you be meeting with, <laughs> will you be meeting with President Trump during your Palm Beach trip coming up? So, uh, you know, we, we've, we've, <laughs> I've been very, very blessed to have a close friendship with him. And uh, and I do intend to meet with him and talk to him and just kind of, you know, go through, get his advice. Uh, we've we've talked to talked a few times over the last month. And, uh, you know, I, I always value his his advice, not just professionally, but personally. So he's he's kind of somebody I've, I've you know, I've thought of as an uncle figure to me. So uh, so I, I am looking to kind of actually spending spending some more time with him and getting his real take on the race and and, uh, and you know he's going to have a bunch of people that are big supporters of him myself included if i do get in the race uh who would be in there so he's got some interesting decisions to make hey hey andrew can you hold the line we want to we want to hold you over for the next segment uh with andrew giuliani considering a run for new york um, governor um wow Wow, I hope I hope he does. I hope he pulls it. Hey, you listening to Black and White on AM five sixty The Answer? I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. And now more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Mark the General Vargas. Uh, before the break, we were talking with Andrew Giuliani 
Uh, you know, I normally don't, I don't like to say you know who he's a part of because I personally <laughs> believe somebody that's running for office likes to make their own way. Uh, Andrew, I'm a former state legislator here in Illinois. Um, right. And, you know, New York is a lot like Illinois. Red in some areas. Yes. But blue in the place, in the, real deep blue in the places that really matter as far as the population driving areas. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you get beyond, because you, you're seeing in a lot of places, I'm seeing articles, I'm seeing media talk about, we have to get rid of Trumpism. How do you, yeah. how do you navigate that line in a place like New York to win? What's that strategy look like? Well, look, it's, it's a really good question. I, I always think having, having lived in politics, basically, the, the one thing you have to be is genuine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've worked for the president for four years. I've known him for 25 years. Um, I'm not going to run away from that. I, I, that that's, who I, that's part of who I am, and I'm very proud of the time that I served in the administration. Uh, you know, with that being said, I think uh, the policies, the policies that if, if I were to uh, announce my candidacy that I would be pushing are better policies, policies that would benefit New Yorkers, policies that would bring jobs back to New York, that would turn the U-Haul trucks around from Florida instead of sending them all out of state, as I know you guys are dealing with in Illinois. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I think most importantly, you have to be genuine. And, and, and that's one of the things that people loved about Trump. He was, he was genuine. Sure. I, I can say this. I could say this, right? I mean, he's the same guy that, that I knew in the late 90s when he was president. He's the same guy now. He's genuine to himself. So for me, I look at it as, um, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, we'll deal with, but we're going to present better policies. Um, and, uh, and hopefully the policies will win the day. You know, Andrew, I ran in 2010. I ran for U.S. Congress. I was at, I was 28 years old, and I couldn't. You know, I I got qu- asked this question all the time. You've never run for political <laughs> office before. You're younger, right. uh, and I'm sure that if you make this decision um, with your family, that you're going to go ahead. You know, how would you? Because I know you're going to run into that on the campaign trail. Because I did, and this was just a congressional race, and this is much right. larger. This is a gubernatorial race, you know, how would you sort of mm-hmm. counter that criticism of he's never run for office and uh, he's, yeah. he's too young? Well, it's funny. I, I would actually point to my experience. I would point to, as I was saying before, the fact that I have spent parts of five different decades in politics. There would be nobody else uh, on the Republican side that could point to that. I point to the different accomplishments and the issue sets that I worked on in the White House. I like the Paycheck guy. Protection Program. Uh, was something that I worked directly on with Secretary Mnuchin and his team to make sure that the private sector, thats so my job in the White House was uh, the public liaison. We dealt with all the private sector. So think about everything from Fortune 500 companies to small businesses, trade associations, philanthropies, everything that was not Congress or intergovernmental. And what I could tell you, my time working in the White House, and this is something that I talked about a lot with President Trump, We wanted to make sure that some of our business leaders, the business leaders around the country, were helping to shape a public policy, not government bureaucrats. I want the people that are signing the front of the check, not the back of the check, to actually be the ones that are going to have a say in America's future. So it's a good question, and I think the best thing that you can do is actually point to your experience and say, hey, look, age is a number. Experience is very different. Let's let's. Let's let's put our let's put our cards on the table. Let's Reagan where, this uh, where everybody is. <laughs> that was Reagan. Hey, hey Andrew, He's, I got to tell you, I got to go. I, I've never been to President Reagan's home uh, home uh, in Illinois, and I got to get there. That's got, one thing that's on the bucket list. Let's so. do it. Let's hey, do it. Hey, we'll Andrew. Hey, Andrew. 
Um, yep. You sound like you have instincts. So many people that run for office don't have instincts. And I think I think uh, growing up in a household that you grew up in, I think you developed that. And I really hope you do run. And when you do announce, you got to come back on the show. How about that? Absolutely. I look forward to it. And uh, you guys have a great Saturday. Thank you for having me right. on. Thanks so much. And give your father my best, please, Andrew. Andrew Giuliani. We'll, we'll be right do. back. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. If you missed that first hour, go to 560theanswer.com. Click on the podcast, download the Black and White Radio podcast. Uh, we had uh, Roger Stone. We had uh, Andrew Giuliani, son of former New York uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, on the show. Um, and we, we still got a couple more to go in this, this, this hour. And I'm so happy to have my friend and my brother, uh, Mark the General Vargas, in here as well. He's leading the way. <laughs> leading, leading the way. Yeah, yeah. we've got a great, we've had a great lineup so far. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and thanks so much for helping me get these people to come on the show. I re- I, that's, uh, I really appreciate that. Oh, I really of do. course. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been happening in uh, Glendale Heights, Illinois. So uh, the current uh, village president, her name is Linda Jackson, she filed to run for re-election. Uh, some person, I'm not going to say if it's a female or male, uh, I know what it is, but uh, I don't want them coming screaming and yelling at me, uh, filed to um, a ch- a challenge her, her petitions. Well, apparently there was some mistake done by the clerk, the village clerk. Uh, Joining us now to talk more about this is the currently still the I don't know if she's still the mayor of Glendale Heights. Linda Jackson, welcome to Black and Right. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. Hey, no. So talk Um, talk to me about what's what's going on over there in Glendale Heights. Well, this is my ninth election. Not from, I was trustee and then mayor. Never screwed up on my petitions, but with the COVID being the way it was, and the clerk gave us the wrong number, and it just made sense because how everything was changed because of COVID in our daily lives, period. Yeah. So I didn't have enough signatures, nor did another one of the opponents. Anyway, to make it shorter, it was um, my petitions were objected to. Okay. It went to the local electoral board, and it was found that because of the circumstances and the misinformation that my name should stay on the ballot. Well, then the objector appealed it to the circuit court. Circuit court said, no, she stays on the ballot. He appealed it to the appellate court. They said, no, she stays on the ballot. Oh, wow. And that was through March 8th. Uh Then he took it to the Illinois Supreme Court, who took it right after March 8th. They did not rule on it until April 2nd, which was four days before the election. And they said that the appellate court decision was reversed and I was off the ballot. 
Okay. Four days before the election. So as soon now, as I now, found wait, out, wait, it was Mayor, Friday afternoon, does went that mean, down and filed to be a write-in. Um, President um, Jackson, does that mean that your name was still on the ballot at the time? Yes, it was. So people it was actually on the voted ballot for you? from the first printing until actually it was still on the ballot on election day. They were just telling people you couldn't vote for me. <laughs> so, yes. so, so, where are we at right now? I mean, have well, you petitioned the spring? I mean, what, what, are you petitioning? Who are you petitioning right now to get get some uh, resolution okay. to this? First of all, we. Um, petitioned the Illinois Supreme Court on the Monday before the election, right after their statement, which, by the way, they pulled us off the ballot. There were two of us they pulled off. Pulled us off the ballot, but still have not to this day issued an opinion, which is over three weeks ago. Wow. So we don't even know exactly why they pulled us off. Wow. Um, we filed a motion for the Supreme Court to reconsider or to at least count the votes that I got prior to um, being pulled off on April 2nd or count the write-in because right after I got pulled off, I went down and filed to be a write-in. Well, but you can't, you, can't, you can't be on the ballot and have a write-in. Um, you can't, you can't, I don't believe by state no, statute you, you can can't. do that. Yeah. But... They were saying I was off the ballot, so I filed to be a write-in. Wow. But the law states that you have to file seven days prior to the election. But I did not. I was on the ballot seven days before the election. Right. Because so, of the appellate court. So then oh, they yeah. denied that, too. And they have suppressed all of the votes. They won't even tell us how many that was my next question. You don't you don't know how many votes you don't know how many people actually voted for you. Nope. How many how many people voted for the uh, the person that won? Technically, what they're saying won. How many people voted for that person? Okay. Um, actually, that's being disputed now too. One had four hundred and seventy five, and the other had four seventy three. Oh my. However, if you total the ballots for the village clerk, which normally if you vote for clerk, you vote for mayor, too. Yeah, okay. And there were over 1,800 votes. Wow. So the other person was taken off that, 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 that had this same mistake happen? Were they Were yes. they voted off? I mean, weren't allowed to count their votes as well? Right. Right. Wow. But actually, he backed down. When I decided to file right in, he told his followers to please just write my name in that he wasn't going any farther with it and to please vote for me. So what are you looking to have done? What, or what, what can be done? What, what are your options? Have has your attorney or anybody you've spoken with um, said that, well, this is, this is the next step. What's the next step? Well, now we just filed in federal court. Okay. Because not only was my right taken away to be a candidate, but the voters' rights were taken away because my name was legally on the ballot up until April 2nd. So anybody that voted early and voted for me, their vote went in the garbage. Yeah. So so when, when people were... And then anybody that wrote my name in, 
on election day, their vote went in the garbage. So, but, but here's a question. Here's a question. So, when, yes. when if people were taking a ballot and they were yes. looking, they filled in your name. They were actually yes. taking those from people. Yes. What? They were taking them out their hands and, and, and voiding out those votes. Oh no, they didn't void them out. But any ballot that had my name on it, if if they marked the circle where the name was printed on there, or if they wrote my name on it, those ballots are all... Um, okay, you suppressed. see where I'm going with this, right? Because I thought you were saying that as people were voting, they were putting them in the machine. They were taking them before they got to the machine. That's none of oh, their business no. who they're voting for. Yeah, okay. no. Okay. Oh, they didn't do that. But any vote when it got to the county that had... Any ballot that had my name or Ed Pope's name, who was my opponent, that those ballots are locked up. So we could never even get a total number of how many people voted for village president, whether it be for the two that were left on the ballot or for the two of us that were kicked off. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of votes out there missing. So how can people help this cause of what you're doing, of, of what you're trying to overturn and, 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 and have at least? Are you looking for another special election, or um, are you looking for people to come help in any regard? Any? Yes, what I would like is anybody that can help with this, anybody, they put up a GoFundMe page, which okay. is... They, Strictly for my legal bills, which... And where can people find are, that? Is, is there a place on Facebook or anything like that people can find it? Yes, it's on GoFundMe. Yeah, what about what about social media? The, uh, is it an easier place for people to go? Because sometimes you got to search through GoFundMe. Is there a place on social media where people can go? Okay. Linda Jackson for Village President. All right. For Glendale Heights Village President. Well, Madam President, thanks so much for joining the show today, and I, I hope you get some resolution to this. Um, when when my friend Cheryl told me about this, it was I, I said this this can't be. This is America, you know. I think we're losing so many, so much. Hey. We're losing America in so many regards. Uh, thanks yes, for we are, and it's you know elections used to work really well. Now it's like it's crazy. Well, because we used to have election day, not election week or election month. Uh, thanks so much for joining I us. Though. Totally agree with you. Thank you. Wow, dude, what what is? It's unbelievable. Where's Where's America headed? Where What's going on in America? It's scary and you know? expensive. These it, legal things. Yes, got to be. Yes, legal bills are got to be astronomical. But for the right to vote, we're talking about either maintaining or changing the guard. Dude, we got to do better. All this online vote, I, I, some, it's all ripe for fraud. I'm sorry. Sue me. God bless President Jackson. Jeez. Yeah, that's a we'll that's be right a tough back. Job. Get up, get this up. is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Get up, get up. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the General Mark Vargas. <laughs> You liking that name? Look at you. <laughs> you liking that I like name? It, man. Yeah, I like it. Um, Mark, you know, where can people find you? You on social media? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Mark A. Vargas. Yeah. Instagram, same thing. Mark Vargas. Yeah. And, Keep it and, simple. 
And Facebook, it's, you know, the limits. Yeah. So I just kind of stay away from it. You're going to need a fan page in a minute. Yeah, you know, I'll have two fans. That's it. Yeah, the general? Yeah, the, gen- the general is going to only have like two fans. So I don't, I'll just But I'm keep saying you radio. need a mark, the general. Uh, I don't know if you look at it. Doug gave you another name. Uh, did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> we can't say that one either. I like I like this guy. He he's liked good that at, though, Doug. He's see? Good at, he likes it. He's good at nicknames and so are you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I get that from um, Donald Trump. You know, <laughs> he gives everybody a nickname. You know, you know who also gave nicknames is former President George W. Bush. Really? Everybody had nicknames. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he used to call Carl Rove when he was ticked off at him. He used to call him Turd Blossom. What? Turd Blossom. And what? if he was if he wasn't on his bad side, he'd call him uh, Boy Genius. <laughs> oh, those oh, were his those were his two nicknames. When he when he made everything uh, good, he he would call him Boy Genius. Huh? That's right. Uh, hey, you know what? I, so I was watching. Um, I, I rarely watch television, um, but I was watching. I don't know if it, if I was on the I forget where I was. I was shocked. Bill Maher said this about Democrats. What are the chances that someone who gets COVID will need to be hospitalized? The answer is between one and five percent. Forty-one percent of Democrats thought it was over fifty percent. <laughs> Think about that. Forty-one percent of Democrats thought that if you got COVID, you might be hospitalized. They thought it was fifty percent of the people that got that got COVID were hospitalized. Yet these people are the reason why we have a man sitting in the White House today who was on a leadership call or a Zoom call with all these world leaders, Zoom. and he, he was it Zoom. I don't know Probably if it was Zoom because he's afraid of seeing people, and he was the only one with a mask on. <laughs> What dude? See this. This is that. This is what. This is what. Um, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz have been pushing back against. I love that Ted Cruz said, "I'm done wearing a mask here in these halls. I'm done. I'm the. I, I've been vaccinated. I've had COVID. I'm done." What the heck is going on to America? His his staff probably told him he didn't have to wear a mask, but he forgot. No, oh, uh, Cruz uh, or, or Joe Biden. Uh, well. <laughs> you know. I think Biden, I got that one. I think Biden forgot. Yeah, it it it, it kind of kind of um, yeah went over my head for a minute there, but then I, I I get it. You mean like this? I just want to thank you both, and I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we just talked about. I don't get that. I really don't. I think um, the former commissioner is trying to call in, Doug. Got him? Okay. Um, but, I, you know, how he forgot that general's name? You know, I have uh, friends that are that have known Biden for years in Washington, and they're diehard Democrats, but they will all, they're all saying privately that they're really worried about Biden, yeah. that he's slipping fast. I, I, think, I think we all saw that. We all saw that when when when, when it happened, you know, and I, I it's, it's it's just it hurts. It hurts to see that the leader of the free world is basically incapacitated. You know, Kamala Harris coming down, Vice President Kamala Harris coming down to meet the Japanese premier. It's a premier, right? They premieres, right? Premier, I think yeah, so. I think premier, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where's the protocol? Broken protocol all over. And this guy is the leader of the free world right now.
I don't get it. I, I simply don't get it. Uh, I'm Commissioner, I don't know if you're listening. Uh, give us a call at 312-642-5600. Uh, 312-642-5600. We'll get you in on, a, on, a, on a, the, the line. And so I'm sure. But, but Mark, I, I just, I don't. I think, I think we leave, we're losing America so quickly. And, and you look at it, the, 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 the dividing, what's dividing us is an age-old issue. That's right. Racism. 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 There's, everybody's racist. I've said on this show time and time again, if you listen to this, if you're a, uh, a frequent listener of this show, you know my belief about this. America is no longer a racist country. America has, still has racists in our country, but America is no longer a racist country. I believe that with every fiber in me. I believe that because America voted for a guy for president whose skin looks, who's a lot lighter than me, whose skin is a lot lighter than mine. You know? But they voted for him for president. And I think we have him on the line. We have him on the line, Doug. We have him on the line? No, that's not him. Um, yeah. But, you know, I... I I don't get it. What, what, do you, what do you say about that, Mark? You know, we've done so much. The president—I I was had an honor to work with the White House on criminal justice reform as an outside consultant, advisor, unpaid. Obviously, this is—and it was remarkable the, the work that was all done, Republicans and Democrats, um, to reverse these racist policies that I think they were put in place by Joe Biden, and. You know, the Great fact point. that the fact that, you know, Donald Trump has realigned the Republican Party. Yeah. And there's a lot of orphan Democrats yeah. because the Re- Republican Party has been the party now of criminal justice reform. And that's not my words. That's Van Jones's word yes. from CNN. The Republican Party is now the Republican, the party of criminal justice reform. It's now the party of the work, the forgotten man and the forgotten woman. I agree. And, and America, I, America first. That's not a racist comment. Yeah. That's patriotic. America first. Yeah. Let's make sure we've got jobs for our people before we send them out overseas. It's a brand new Republican Party. No, I agree. And 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 we got your friend on the line. <laughs> well, it's it's my honor to to uh, welcome to AM five sixty the answer, the fortieth police commissioner of New York City and the police commissioner on September eleventh. My very dear friend, Bernie Carrick. Bernie, thanks for joining us, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for joining us, sir. I'm doing very well. Bernie, I just wanted to open this up and get your comments on this LeBron James (laughs) tweet. You're next. It's just outrageous, abusing his position as a superstar athlete in his Twitter account where millions and millions of people are are watching and and, uh, hanging on to every word. He tweets and he comes out and says, you're next with the picture of the cup. Just as a, as a former police commissioner, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that, uh, on that tweet that he's now taken down? Well, listen, I think, um, you know, I don't have much respect for him or anybody else that makes comments like that, especially when they're ignorant and they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, I, I'm curious to know how it is LeBron James can maintain his Twitter account when, you know, they point. take people down for far, far less. Uh, if you have a political opinion, if you have an opinion that they disagree with, forget about politics. 
um, they pull you off of Twitter, and this is a terroristic threat. Yeah. Um, this is targeted harassment. Um, this violates Twitter's rules yep. and regulations, and yet he maintains his his account status. So that, that's number one. Number two, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't anything new with LeBron James. Uh, last year, he made some stupid comments um, uh, surrounding one of these uh, one of these events with the police, and I pretty much publicly challenged him to go out and do the job of a cop. Go out, in fact, this time, uh, I, I'm, I was on one of the networks the other day. I'd like to see LeBron James go to a police academy and spend the day. Spend the day, learn about traffic stops, oh. and then go out and do that himself. Like, go out with an officer. Um, go out with an officer, uh, do some traffic stops, uh, get involved in some, you know, training, use of force incidents, and I promise you, I promise you, that he will, he will fail in every venue, um, and then uh, we'll take it another step. Um, I'll put one man in the room, um, a red suit. Uh, put yep. one man in the room and let LeBron James chase him down and try to arrest him. Hey, Brian, we've got to go to a break. Would you mind hanging on for the second segment? We can talk a little bit longer. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, thanks so much. Commissioner Barry, um, um, Commissioner Bernie, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, when we come back from break, more from Commissioner um, who I thought is, is is a treasure to America, just like Rudy Giuliani. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. We're- this is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Because of smartphones, so many Americans have now seen the racial injustice that black Americans have known for generations. The racial injustice that we have fought for generations. That my parents protested in the 1960s. That millions of us, Americans of every race, protested last summer. Here's the truth about racial injustice. It is not just a black America problem or a people of color problem. It is a problem for every American. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the general himself, Mark Vargas. That voice you heard was Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, Commissioner Carrick, I'm, I'm a former cop myself. Um, the very reason why I became a cop was because I did get beat by Chicago PD many, 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 many blue moons ago. But I got beat for them because I was in a stolen car and I ran. <laughs> That's how I got. I was 15 years old <laughs> and they beat the the snot out of me, <laughs> choked me out until I passed out. But what I've, what I, I hear what she's saying. I hear what she's saying. But the, what is the what is the common denominator with almost ninety seven percent of these cases of of so what they're alleging as police brutality, resisting arrest? Yeah, you know, John. Uh, here's the bottom line, and I, I I just think people don't realize the numbers. Okay, so ninety seven and it's maybe a little higher. Yeah. Um, of these incidents where officers have to result uh, or resort to 
you know, deadly physical force. It begins with an arrest or a confrontation between the cop and the, and the suspect, and it escalates to the point that the suspect resists, comes at the officer with a weapon, has a knife, has a gun, whatever the case may yeah. be, or overpowers, attempts to overpower the cop. Um, but when you listen to the vice president and her comments, and you listen to other people like LeBron James and others, mm-hmm. you would swear up and down that the black community is, you know, suffers uh, at the hands of cops far more than anybody else. So I'm going to give you some numbers. Mm-hmm. These are real numbers. These numbers come out of the FBI Crime Index and the Washington Post, who captures the the arrest and the fatality shootings by cops. Yes. Last year, 2020, there were 10 million arrests in the United States, and there were 983 males shot by police, killed, 38 females. 457 of them were white. <laughs> 243 of them were black. Unarmed suspects shot and killed last year by police. Unarmed, 24 white, 18 black. So the narrative that they promote is just a complete lie. Yes. More whites are shot and killed by cops than blacks, number one. But here's, here's the bigger number. It's the 10 million arrests. Yes. Okay. These things happen during 10 million arrests, which means 99. if you're an unarmed black male in the United States, the chances of you getting shot and killed by the police is 0.00018. Yeah. Yeah. Like but... nobody, nobody has any concept of what that means. But they, it's, it's kind of bizarre. It doesn't fit the narrative, though, Commissioner. It doesn't fit the, 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 the narrative, because if we really wanted to solve these, these so-called issues, we could. But they want to be able to have that, you know, all oh, black people get shot, black people. I, I made the same argument on TikTok the other day. Uh, I, got, I got my comment um, uh, saying that I was bullying and harassing because I made this exact same point, but for 2021, where it was 100 and some white people shot and 50 something black people shot. And I right. got rained on TikTok from it. I mean, right now, t- right now, as we're talking right now, people are still commenting. And I, and I also supplied the Washington Post showing because they've, they've been cataloging it since 2015. How do we how do right. we get the message out there? What, what, what's what's the alternative? How do we push this this message? You know, of, of, you know what, John, here's here's the problem we have. And, and I, you know, I worked for Rudy Giuliani, uh, started working for him uh, at the beginning of his term when New York City had a murder rate of about 2,200 murders per year. And over the next eight years during his term, we dropped the murder rate by by 70%, violent crime by 65%. And in the black community, murder dropped by almost 80%. And we had these types of shootings, right? But you know what happened the next morning after those shootings? Rudy Giuliani went into the green room of City Hall, into the blue room, put up graphs, put up charts, put up the video, and basically told the American public, this is what happened. Yeah. This is the law that was broken. Yeah. This is how the cops responded. This is the end result. And oh, by the way, you cannot attack a police officer with a knife. Yes. You should not run. Do yeah. not resist. Yeah. 
do not shoot at cops. Don't try to jump on top of their police cars. Correct. You're going to get hurt. Commissioner Carrick, can you hold for just one more second? I, I, I beg, Mark, can you you just hold for This one is a, a, a shorter segment because I want to get your take on the Toledo here shooting in Chicago and the Makia Bryan shooting as well. Um, can okay. you hold? Yep. Thank you so much, Commissioner. You're listening to Black and White on AM560 Answer. We'll be right back. Back to Black and White with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Mark the General Vargas. <laughs> and we've got a special guest. Here. Yes. the Bernie Carrick, the 40th Police Commissioner of New York City and the Police Commissioner on... September 11th. Bernie, thanks for hanging on for this last segment. No, really please, appreciate thank it. Thank you. So, so Commissioner, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this Makia Bryant shooting, uh, and I'm seeing the, the comments and the remarks about people saying he should have shot her in the leg. He should have shot her. He should have shot the knife out of her hand. He should have done this. He should have done that. Well, if he did, if he, if, if you and I both know, based upon our training, when he had, he had a duty to stop the threat. Cops do not shoot to kill. They shoot to neutralize the threat. He saw a threat. Right. She came out of the house saying, I, I mean, when she you know, dove towards her saying, I'm going to stab the F out of you. And as she went up uh-huh. with the knife, getting ready, what, if, she, if he had allowed her to stab her in the neck and killed her, then he shot her. Now he's responsible for two deaths. What's your take on right. uh, Makia Bryant shooting? Well, listen, if you watch it from the outside, if you watch it from the video across the street and see the entire thing, you realize that that girl almost ran over him as he was walking toward the crowd. Yeah. When Once he got out of his car, she came right toward him. It's not like she didn't know he was there. She didn't see him. Um, he, uh, he actually, I think he was going to bend over or yeah. break the two up when she got up and charged the other girl in the pink. Yeah. Um, he yelled for her to stop. She knew he was there. Yep. He didn't have a choice. And and the whole thing, I think, you know, the whole, all these statements about should have shot her in the hand, should have shot her in the leg, you know, all this stuff, that's based on ignorance. Yeah. I mean, if people don't understand police shoot at center mass because it's the biggest target and it will stop the threat. That's your that's that's your purpose. You don't shoot to kill, like you just said. Yeah. You shoot to stop. Yes, that's exactly what he did. And had he not shot to stop, had he not taken her down, what he did, if that girl stabbed her in the neck, in the throat, in the femoral artery, she'd have bled out and died within about forty seconds. Yeah. So, I have as as an executive who ran the largest police department in the nation. I had 55,000 people under my command. I didn't see one thing wrong with that video. Neither Nothing. Bernie, you know, when I was growing up, um, and it was in the, during Halloween or career day, a lot of, in elementary school, a lot of kids wanted to be police officers and firefighters. You know, we've just seen the abuse that police officers have taken across the country over the last several years. Morale is down. You know, if you're a cop right now, how do you keep your head held up high when you're being harassed, yeah. harassed every single yeah, day on this, the job? Yeah, but you know what, guys? This isn't just about being harassed yeah. on the job. 
you know, I worked in Spanish Harlem, Harlem, Washington Heights in New York City. You know, we got harassed by the communities, too. But today it's very, very different because the people harassing you and targeting you, they're not even the people in your communities. They're your mayors. They're your city council members. These far left wing, radical Marxist politicians who despise the police are targeting the police and doing everything in their power to villainize the cops, including all the way to the White House. Yeah. All the way to the White House. Um, you know, President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter, yes. who calls for the assassination of cops, who does nothing about the Antifa, you know, bogarting and, 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 and demolishing police stations. Um, you know, kids today, they, they hate the police or they're fearful of the police because the politicians keep telling them that's what they should be. Yeah. If you're just, uh, if you're just you joining know, the show, respect them. if you're just joining the show, we're talking to former New York City Police Commissioner uh, Bernie Carrick. You know, what I, I think one of the reasons why I have a huge problem with this charging the police for doing their job in some regards. Now, Derek Chauvin, yeah, I get it. The nine minutes in the knee and all that. Yeah. You know, that didn't look good. It, it didn't. But policing is ugly. You're meeting people at some of at their worst times. And and when they charged him with second degree murder, basically saying that he his the intent there was to commit a felony that he was intending to kill George Floyd. I, I think we're going to see more of these type of incidents. And that's why you're starting to see it across the country. Um, the, the whole reason I'm not resisting. I'm going to I'm not going to comply. And I think that's 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 more of a danger to the black and brown communities. What do you say, Commissioner? No, it's definitely a danger. I mean, the bottom line is, I don't think people understand. It's illegal to resist arrest. That's a crime in itself. Yes. It's illegal to attack a cop. Yes. To resist arrest. It's illegal to take off in a car when you're stopped by the police. Um, there's all these things that, you know, the, the far left today promotes and celebrates. Um, the, the bottom line is, they're going to get somebody killed. Yeah. Because they're promoting this negativity, they're promoting this these criminal acts as something that should be the norm when it should not be. There are laws on the books on how you should respond when a cop stops your car, stops you, attempts to arrest you, and uh, you know today it, it seems like everybody's going against you know what it's supposed to be, and they're going to get locked up. Or they're going to get hurt. I agree. Commissioner Carrick, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, I would love to have you back on the show at some point in the future. Or if you're ever in Chicago, Thank stop in the studio, live in the studio. Thanks, Bernie. Appreciate Whenever it. Whenever Mark invites me, Mark's got to invite <laughs> me. That's what has to happen. Oh, All so right. There I it will. is, Mark. Thanks, Bernie. All right. Thank you so much. Former New York Police City uh, Commissioner Bernie Carrick, thanks so much for joining the show. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Mark the General Vargas. Thanks so much. Bernie was, he was, he was, he was to the point, you know, not, you don't get a lot of emotion out of that guy. No. He was to the point and, 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 and said some great things. Bernie, Bernie's fantastic. You know, I have to 
a quick side note, Bernie was unbelievably supportive in, in facilitating Rod Blagojevich's commutation. Wow. He, he was really, really helpful. And I have to say, Mayor Giuliani as well. Yeah. Both of them were absolutely incredible, and I will forever be grateful to, to the two of them uh, for and, and many others too. But uh, as it relates to today's show with Andrew and, yeah. and, and Bernie, forever grateful for their help. Yeah. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Jim, welcome to Black and Right. Jim? Hi, how are you guys? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, you know, all I say to citizens of the United States, respond the way you want to respond to a policeman. Just respond the way you want to. Another thing, Republican radio has got this guy out with Alzheimer's. They started that long ago last summer. And he got 81 million votes. Uh-huh. So don't tell me 81 million Democrats think he had Alzheimer's. And if you put the two candidates up for a metal test, I guarantee you that uh, Biden's IQ is 30 or 40 points ahead of the Scotchman uh, who's sitting <laughs> in Mar-a-Lago. Have a good afternoon, guys. All right. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> Jim was holding on just to say that. <laughs> Let's go to my buddy, Jim from South Elgin. Welcome to Black. Welcome back to Black and Right. Jim is also a sponsor sure. of the show. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. It's always a pleasure, and you guys had a good show today. I was able to hear a little bit of uh, Stone before, and then I had to take care of some other patients. But I wanted to end the show with a famous quote from Sheriff David Clark. Uh-oh. He, he put it, he said, if LeBron James wasn't playing basketball, he'd be on the block drinking malt liquor from a paper bag. He's the epitome of a dumb jock. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. What a moron this guy is for making that tweet, docking this police officer yeah. who saved a girl because she had a knife when he stabbed somebody else. That's right. And putting the that kind of stuff you're seeing in all these major sports people, I hope they all go belly up. Yeah. Thanks so much for calling, Jim. And Thank put, you. Putting that officer's life in danger, too. That's right. Tom from Sherryville, welcome welcome back to Black and Right. Yeah, thank you, John. Um, I believe that what the left wants to do is actually federalize yep. police. And the, way, and the way to get yep. there is to use slogans like abolish the police. That way you don't have local policing anymore. And chaos is part of the way to get there. Chaos is the bridge. Yes. I, you know, Tom, you, you, I have been saying this. Um, when, during my time in the General Assembly, when I saw some of the bills, I, it, it's definitely a, a, a path to federalizing the police. Thanks so much for calling this, Tom. Sure. Yeah, I, I believe that. He's right. I believe that. So, Mark, thanks so much for joining the show. What? Where can again? Where can people find you? What do you What do you got next? Who's next? Who's Who's getting commuted or apart next? <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. Okay, oh, I plead good the fifth. <laughs> No, I thanks again for this opportunity. I thought this was a great discussion it with was. our guests, with you know Roger Stone and Andrew Giuliani, and of course Bernie Carrick. Yeah, uh, you know that people can find me on Twitter at Mark A Vargas. They can find me on Instagram at Mark A Vargas. Uh, but I just thought this was an incredible conversation. And, yes, an incredible show. And, and John, thanks to you for. Uh, what you do every week here on this program, thank you, uh, and for your invitation to join you, it was a true honor. Thank you, brother, and it was it was my honor to extend the the, the invitation. Uh, I want to thank Roger Stone for joining us, show, Andrew Giuliani, and uh, Mayor uh, Glenda Jackson. I mean, uh, Mayor Jackson from Glendale Heights, um, Commissioner Carrick, and um, thank you, thank you for coming part. And, and you know what, to the listeners, thank you for listening and tuning in every Saturday. Uh, to hear what this 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 young guy has to say, I'm not young anymore. 45, <laughs> I just turned 45 a week ago. But thank you so much for tuning in every week. Uh, I try to really produce a good quality product that you would take the time out of your Saturday to tune in to Black and Right uh, because, and I, I think this my voice is is such so needed now. During
during this time that we have, that what's happening not only in Illinois, but in, in, in America. Uh, thanks so much for listening. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. Go download the podcast. Follow me on TikTok, Black and Right on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We'll see you next week.